For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And this is Atlanta. The food, the wine, the entertainment, the lifestyle. This is Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living, sponsored by Vane Innovations. And welcome to Atlanta Living. I'm your host, Belinda Skelton. And as Veronica mentioned, we do have showers uh, south of Carrollton, moving through Fairburn, right over Atlanta, uh, Stone Mountain. So they uh, probably are going to intensify through the afternoon, evening. So keep your radio tuned right here to News Radio, News Talk 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And if your evening plans uh, do tend to be outside, you'll make sure to keep it right here okay for generations a family a father and a son have shared an unwavering spirit and dedication to distilling wild turkey bourbon i love this story so i wanted to bring on uh, someone to talk about it peter van shook shook peter i had your name all i had it perfect Right before. Okay, pronounce your last name. Peter Van Skoik. Don't worry. Skoik. Okay. A couple times in a day, I start. Peter Van Skoik. Okay, that's now you're just Peter. Yep, just Peter's fine. Just Peter. So wild turkey bourbon. Yes. You know, you say wild turkey, everybody gets a big smile on their face because they've got a story. I hope so. (laughs) They've got a they've got a wild turkey story. So going back seventy five years. That's right. That's right. Jimmy Russell actually started at the distillery in 1954. So this is his 61st year as the uh, he's the longest running master distiller on the planet. But his father and his grandfather both worked at the distillery as that, well. At, and at, son. at the uh, Wild Turkey Distillery or another distillery? Uh, in the industry. They in were, the but industry. They were at the, um, I believe his father also worked at the Wild Turkey Distillery. But this, they're now on their fourth or fifth generation of uh of whiskey makers this is to be a whiskey maker is almost like you're um you're a a pseudoscientist what goes into it to make a, a a batch of whiskey and um correct me if i'm wrong but bourbon to be a true bourbon has to be produced in the state of kentucky yes or no uh <laughs> N- no. Technically, no. Ninety-five okay. percent of the world's, you know, of America's bourbon comes from Kentucky. Ninety-five percent. So culturally, it 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 comes from Kentucky. It doesn't actually have to come from Kentucky. It does have to be aged in new oak barrels, and it has to be an aged for a minimum of four years, and it has to be fifty-one percent corn. Um, it does not have to be from Kentucky. There's a okay. couple. Colorado bourbons and a couple other places that are calling that are legally allowed to call themselves bourbon uh, if they meet those other qualifications. But most of the uh, most of America's 
bourbon does come from Kentucky. Folks, I want to invite you to give us a call. If you have a wild turkey story, if you have questions for Peter, give us a call, 404-872-0750. That's 404-872-0750. Now, from what I understand in the um, distilling world, those new uh, white oak barrels are very hard to come by right now. Well, there's definitely the bourbon, you know, bourbon is uh, extremely popular right now. Yes. So it's definitely increased the demand for those barrels. So in order to be called bourbon, um, it, the, the spirit must be aged in new barrels. That means that they've never used, been, been, you know, been used for mm-hmm. anything else before. So um, as you can imagine with, uh, you know, the aging process and how popular bourbon is right now, it's definitely, you know, put a little bit of stress on that supply chain. But, but white oak grows everywhere. I mean, um, you know, anywhere from North Carolina to Montana. So um, we're not going to run out of, uh, of oak trees anytime soon, but it's definitely, you know, put a, you know, kind of put a stressor on that uh, supply chain. Now, something that wild turkey does that a lot of other bourbons do not is the charring process that I was reading about. Tell us about your charring process and how it does make a difference in the taste of the bourbon. Absolutely. Well, at wild turkey, we only use the, um, it's called the, they call it the alligator char. Mm -hmm. It's the number four char. So um, the charring process, which is literally, you know, just sort of you know, burning or charring the inside of the barrels in order to uh, impart that uh, that sort of classic bourbon flavor profile. Um, you can do either one, two, three, or four, um, with four being the, uh, the sort of the deepest and darkest char. And everything we do at Wild Turkey is the, uh, we use that number four char. And it actually, uh, it serves two purposes. It, it does impart that sort of um, that deep sort of oak uh, flavor to the whiskey, but it also serves to reduce the amount that the barrel expands and contracts mm-hmm. in the, in the uh, you know, with the change of the weather. Okay. Um, because that, that charring sort of holds that barrel, uh, holds that barrel together and reduces the amount that is able to, the amount of whiskey that's able to escape from oh, the barrel okay. over the years during the, uh, during the change in the weather patterns. And how long will you age the whiskey in the barrel? Well, it depends on the whiskey, um, but the classic, you know, Wild Turkey 101 is a blend of six, seven, and eight-year-old whiskeys. Wow. And we have some that are aged for as long as 17 years, uh, and then some that are, you know, six and seven years. And uh, the Wild Turkey Rare Breed is a blend of six, eight, and 12-year-old whiskeys. So, um, and we make a bunch of different whiskeys. So, it definitely depends on which whiskey you're talking about, but we take pride in uh, in aging our whiskeys for longer than uh, the most of the rest of the folks in the industry. Now, Peter, can you tell when you're tasting a whiskey, um, if you were doing a blind test, kind of the age of the whiskey? Sure. Uh, with with age, a whiskey definitely becomes more complex, and depending on the uh, depending on the type of barrels that were used. Um, and how deep that char was, uh, you can definitely, you know, different sort of characteristics can come out. But uh, as, as whiskey gets older, it gets softer and more refined and more mm-hmm. complex and real supple. And, yeah, you can, definitely, you can definitely taste the difference. I mean, a true connoisseur would tell you uh, that it's, you know, that there's dramatic differences between, uh, between a, a very old uh, whiskey and a very young whiskey. Now, why mix the ages? I'm just curious. 
Well, um, for a number of different... Well, so basically, uh, I mean, a lot of whiskeys are blended like that. So um, in order to get um, different characteristics. So for the rare breed, you blend in some 12-year-old to get that um, sort of complex, that sort of soft, supple complexity. Um, And then you put the six-year-old in there because it's still really spicy, you know, and it's got that sort of... Um, and then the eight-year-old sort of balances between the two. So in order to get the, uh, the flavor that you're looking for, uh, you would do blending like that. So you're always sort of blending, you know, aging a bunch of different whiskeys uh, for different amounts of time and then blending them together. And we also do single-barrel whiskeys, which, uh, you know, that would just be um, a whiskey from, from one barrel, mm-hmm. um, and it would be, you know, it would not be a blend of different ages. It would just be, you know, however long that had been... Age. So the Russell's line has a six-year-old rye whiskey and a ten-year-old straight bourbon, uh, and that's not a blend of different ages. You know, that's a little bit more expensive. So. I, that, I was getting ready to say, which one would be the, quote, better, higher-end Sure. So for the uh, so for the higher end, you know, for your you know the the whiskeys you're going to give your dad on Father's Day. Right. You know, that those are probably going to be the ones that have a, an age statement. That are not a, a not a blend of okay. you know of whiskeys that have been aged for different amounts of time. So that's your you know Russell's Reserve ten year old bourbon would be the classic example of that. That's a, a whiskey that has been aged for ten years, and um, and you know what you're getting there. But it's a little bit more expensive than Wild Turkey 101. You know Wild Turkey 101 or or the 81, which is they're kind of like everyday drinking whiskeys. You know you that's how they're able to be at that price point is to not be, you know, they don't have an age statement on them. And, you know, time is money. Ten years sitting in a barrel is, uh, is, <laughs> is, an, expensive, is an expensive proposition. So if you're getting into those, you know, those whiskeys that have been aged for that long, then you're, you're definitely, uh, you know, it's, they're a little bit more expensive. We are speaking with Peter Van Skoik, and they are on the Wild Turkey what would you call it? The Wild Turkey Bus Tour. That's right. The Distillery Bus Tour. Um, the, uh, they're calling it the Never Tamed uh, Bus Tour. So, <laughs> oh, um, that's dangerous. That's right. So, so basically, there's a, um, we put together a tour bus. It's a massive, it's a 50-foot um, you know, tour bus that replicates the distillery tour. So part of what is so magical about the Wild Turkey Distillery is that Anybody can go and take a tour, and you can see the whole, you know, the whole process. Now they're not going to show you the mash bill, which is the mm-hmm. uh, the sort of the basic, you know, ingredients. The in, secret combination, room. right? That's proprietary, but you can see the the whole process, and um, and it's a, quite an experience. And um, I encourage anybody to uh, who's up that way to to go see the the tour. I think it's only ten bucks, but um, but part of that we wanted to basically uh, let people experience that without, of course, you know, taking a trip to Kentucky. So put together this giant tour bus um, that has, um, you know, it's got pictures of the distillery and it's got the wall of history with all the different uh, awards. And we do presentations on the bus to, uh, to sort of show people what, you know, what the, the history of the Wild Turkey Distillery is with Jimmy and Russell. 
uh, Jimmy and Eddie as the faces of that distillery. So. All right, Peter, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about uh, Wild Turkey and the uh, Wild Turkey Bourbon Distillery bus tour that's that's hopefully coming to a city near you. If you have questions about bourbon or wild turkey, give us a call. We want to hear from you this afternoon. 404-872-0750. That's 404-872-0750. Or Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living. Thanks, Scott. And we are talking wild turkey bourbon from uh, Mississippi, uh, not from Mississippi, heavens no, from Kentucky. <laughs> that, that wouldn't even know. No. Uh, from Kentucky, Peter Van Skoik. He is on the line with us. He is talking about the wild turkey uh bus tour. Uh, it was in Atlanta earlier in the week. It's in Athens today. And where's it headed next, Peter? Well, it's going to Wisconsin next week. So I don't know if you're, any of your listeners will be in Wisconsin next week, but um, it is going to be at um, Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans Ooh, fun. in July. That's the, um, it's the week of the 13th, but, you know, okay. 13th through 17th. It'll be um, at Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans. And I know that there's a, this is a big yearly um, you know, sort of festival for industry people and consumers alike. So I know that um, a bunch of uh, – I know a lot of the people in the service industry go to that. Um, so are you finding, Peter, that bartenders and mixologists are, are using wild turkey in their cocktails? Sure. We, we love when uh, – bartenders use wild turkey in their cocktails. We're definitely trying to increase that. You know, a lot of bourbon drinkers, uh, you know, drink their bourbon straight or, or you know, neat on, or on the rocks. Um, but we're definitely, especially with like the 81, which is a slightly lower proof, um, you know, we love to do old fashions with mm-hmm. that. And the, with the resurgence of the classic cocktails um, that has sort of hit Atlanta with, you know, things like the Negroni and the Boulevardier, um, you know, things like the old-fashioned is, a, you know, there's definitely a demand for these sort of classic cocktails. And Wild Turkey 81 is a perfect fit for those. Well, when we come back, we have some great questions lined up from Mike and a couple of other callers. And then you're going to have to tell us the ingredients of those uh, old cocktails that are making their way back sure. onto our uh, shelves again. You're listening to Atlanta Living only on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This is News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And this is Atlanta. The food, the wine, the entertainment, the lifestyle. This is Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living, sponsored by Vane Innovations. And welcome back to the show. Rainy Saturday. Yes, yeah. Line of storms uh, heading from below uh, Carrollton through Fairburn, right over Atlanta right now, Stone Mountain, Lawrenceville, kind of getting hit right now with uh, some showers and thunder showers. It is 73 degrees. We are talking wild turkey, something that can warm you up inside. Wild turkey bourbon from Kentucky, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky to be exact. And I have Peter Van Skoik on the line with me and uh he's uh, traveling across the country in the wild turkey distillery bus now how tough is your job <laughs> well you know spreading the uh <laughs> the joy the, the joy and culture of wild turkey is always a pleasure <laughs> yes well we've had some great calls uh because of our weather um some people didn't want to hold on but one of the great questions someone had was 
does the aging process stop when the bourbon is taken out of the barrel and put in the bottle? Or does it continue to age in the bottle? That is a great question. And it does not continue to age in the bottle. Why not? Because... How does it know? (laughs) Well, um, because when it's in the barrel, um, it is still... um, it has, it has access to oxygen. So the barrel expands and contracts with the, um, you know, as the temperature gets warmer and colder throughout the summer and winter, okay? Mm-hmm. So oxygen can interact with the, you know, with the whiskey um, and also continues to interact with the wood, okay. you know, the charred wood. But once it is bottled, all the oxygen is removed and uh, the glass has no... Uh, you know, the glass of the bottle has no properties that interact with the bourbon. So once it is in the bottle, it does not expire. I mean, uh, maybe after a uh, hundred years or something, it would it would go bad. But um, it, yeah, once it's in the bottle, it no longer uh, it no longer to... changes or has any effect. Okay. So the longer I keep it on the shelf, thinking I'm helping it age, I'm not doing anything but. Nope, pop it open and drink it. Okay, sounds good. Okay, we had another caller that asked, what was the difference between bourbon and Irish whiskey and then just whiskey? Sure. Um, So whiskey is the uh, the sort of the generic term for, um, for a spirit that has been distilled from, well, that has been distilled, and then aged in barrels, very, speaking very basically. Mm-hmm. So um, bourbon has to be made, bourbon is made from corn, rye, and barley, and it has to be 51% corn to be labeled as a bourbon. Okay. Uh, now, a rye whiskey would, ha- would be the same rule except 51% rye. So um, in, in America, American whiskey is typically made from those ingredients. Now, um, when you get to when you go outside of America, when you're looking at Irish whiskey or Scotch whiskey, um, there are some other ingredients that can be that can be used. Oh, I forgot to mention wheat. You can use wheat in American whiskey. Okay. Um, but so in uh, so Irish whiskey is typically um, you know it doesn't have the same rules mm-hmm. that you could use, and it's typically barley heavy, um, and it's it's also you know aged in oak. It's still a whiskey, um, but it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be aged as long as uh, American whiskey does. So okay. Irish whiskey's barley heavy, and that gives it that flavor. Um, you know, American Kentucky bourbon is corn heavy, which gives a little sweetness. And uh, you know, Kentucky rye is fifty one percent rye, so it has a more you know it tastes more like a rye whiskey. Now you were talking about these. These older uh, or old fashions, you know, hence the name, the sure. drink old fashions that ha- are becoming more popular now. Yeah, classic cocktails. Classics. We see it, yeah, we see, you know, there's sort of a resurgence of these, you know, what we'll call classic cocktails. So things like, you know, the mint julep and mm-hmm. the old fashioned, you know, those are both classic, relatively simple bourbon cocktails that, that, we, um, that we're definitely seeing a lot of. So the, yeah, the old fashioned, they're both pretty simple. The old fashioned is a sugar cube and probably a rye whiskey, um, like Wild Turkey 81 rye, and then uh, bitters, uh-huh. and then typically garnished with, a, with an orange slice. And uh-huh. then the, like the mint julep, 
um, is going to be a minted simple syrup, which is probably the toughest ingredient to come by, and then uh, and then whiskey and uh, over crushed ice, and that's what you see people. You know, they do it in those classic sort of. Um, metal tins yes um you know or in especially in kentucky around derby day oh yes and then with uh, garnished with a, a mint sprig so but a simple syrup is just half water half sugar sure it, yeah if for a classic a true um uh, mint julep you'd want to use a minted simple syrup which you can make at home i i you know um or you can buy as well but um or if you just have simple syrup you can just use mint you can sort of muddle up mint leaves at the bottom of your glass before you make it um but yeah, a minted simple syrup is is like a simple syrup that's prepared with uh, with mint, like as you you know when you before a week or earlier when you're making it. Okay, good. And so, um, are those the most popular bourbon drinks of the days <clears throat> sure. gone by? Sure, there is another one that may be a little less popular. We're seeing um, so. One of the most popular cocktails these days is is called a Negroni. You may have heard of it. It's um, this is not a bourbon in it, but okay. um, it is uh, made with uh, Campari and gin and sweet vermouth. What is Campari? Campari is a bitter Italian aperitif, um, okay. bright red. Okay. And um, it was it's it was uh, invented or debuted, I guess, in 1868, and it's been around since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, um, you can sort of trace the rise of, of Campari's popularity in the United States with the, uh, po- with the rise in popularity of Starbucks. Okay. Um, with <laughs> Starbucks, you know, coffee being that sort of, you know, bitter, bitter sort of taste. Uh-huh. Um, not bitter in a negative way, just right. that's, the, that's the flavor profile. So uh, Campari sort of hits those, those same notes. Okay. And uh, a Negroni is very popular right now. So... Um, there's a drink called the Boulevardier that you replace the gin with, with bourbon. So Ooh. that would be Campari, bourbon, and uh, sweet vermouth. I'm going to have to try that. It's delicious. Yeah, Just because. Now, what's the name of it again? It's a Boulevardier. So that's a Boulevardier. Like Boulevard, and then, you know, I-E-R at the end. Okay, that it's sounds French. great. Okay, we have a caller on the line. Let's sure. go to Mike in Duluth. You're on WSB. How are you, Mike? Yes, sir. Fine, fine. Thank you. Um, it, the, the, the question is for the gentleman. Uh, my dad's got this uh, bottle of wild turkey. It was given to him some time ago. It looks to be made out of ceramic, yeah. of a, a bird getting ready to go in flight, etc. Uh, on it, it, it's listed at like 150-something proof. And uh, uh, what I don't know is, is it still good? And uh, is there any value to this? Um, uh, there, we stopped making those, um, a while ago because that 150, uh, proof, um, whiskey will slowly eat through the bottom of it. And after 50 or 60 years, you'll, you'll start to see that it comes out the bottom. Mm. So, uh, no, I would not drink that whiskey because it does have a sort of a very slow interaction with that ceramic tile that, um, probably didn't know about when when we when we first made it. So I would not recommend drinking that whiskey. Um, I think it certainly carries a lot of nostalgic value if you're trying to sell it. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to have any, I don't know how much, you know, how much you'd be able to sell it for. Um, it's certainly a, a beautiful artifact. And if it was mine, I would uh, keep it on the shelf and yeah. give, a, give it a toast whenever you uh, have some wild turkey. You, you, you did say some time ago, and I didn't bring it up because I didn't want to say anything that I shouldn't. I knew of it that he had it 50 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So, 
so so that's what I'm saying. That that's how far back he got it. And uh, so yes, there is a time span on this. That is why I was wondering uh, because the hundred you, you can open it and you can smell how strong it is. Oh yeah, it's like oh, oh my gosh, I, I I can't do this. You know. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, no, I would I would not recommend drinking that. That that is actually almost the legal limit for for what bourbon can be distilled at. Can it's not supposed to go over 160 proof uh, and still be you know legally called bourbon. So they they buy, they bottled a really high proof and put it in there you know 50 years ago. And that interestingly that was still Jimmy Russell that was that was making those. He started in 1954. So. If that's 50 years old, that's 64. So he had already been on the job for 10 years. Wow. And he's, right. still, he's still at the distillery, um, you know, selecting samples and, and doing tastings and, and working every single day. So um, it's an amazing story, an amazing family. But, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, necessarily uh, drink that. that uh, Belinda, uh, great show. Thank uh, you. S- such nice information that this man is giving out and look forward to all of your future shows. Oh, thank you so much. Well, you'd certainly have some uh, great memorabilia there. And um, Peter, a hundred and what do you say? A hundred and fifty proof? Well, hundred. It can technically oh. go up to one hundred and sixty proof, but most bourbons are not. I mean, most the industry standard is probably about half that. Um, okay. Most, you know, we bottle. We do have one that is at one hundred and one, and then some of our Barrel strength is what they're called. Are up at you know one twelve. I think um, that was um, that was what we used to make hunch punch out of in our college days. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, um, I've enjoyed so much having you on the air, Peter, course, and talking so much. wild turkey bourbon. We'll have to do it again. Absolutely. If people want more information, where can we send them? Um, they can find more information at wildturkey.com and the. Um, the social media component of this has a hashtag that's never tamed. Um, never tamed. Never tamed. So if, you, uh, if you're looking on Instagram or Twitter, um, you can search for us under that hashtag. To see, that's specifically for the bus. Okay. Um, so, yeah, if you want to see pictures, I'll be posting pictures today of the bus at AthFest. It parked in front of High Wire Lounge um, from basically now, it's there now, until 11 o'clock tonight. So this is the last day of the... Uh, the Georgia leg of the Wild Turkey Bus Tour. Okay, well, a toast to you and the family at Wild Turkey Bourbon, and we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Coming up next is an old voice for WSB Radio family and fans. Kim Curley is going to join us for a short little bit on what she's up to and to tell us about a new endeavor she's into that can help you this 4th of July. Stay tuned. Now back to Belinda Skelton. And welcome back to the show. All I can say is, Kim, how are you doing? Good. This is Kim Curley. She, folks who are new to the city, this was uh, Clark Howard's producer when they first came to WSB many years ago. And then Kim had um, a myriad of positions here at the radio station, assistant program director, and then she had a food and wine show herself. And then she just up and moved to Bend, Oregon and left all of us high and dry, sad. Aww. Yes, we miss you terribly. But you are doing great and you have a little boy. And now you're also selling something yummy. Oh, yes. Well, you know, I'm married to a chef. I know. He finally uh, left the restaurant business. Thank goodness. It was, you know, the restaurant business is hard for us old people. 
Well, you know, <laughs> I missed, people. Kim, you fed me a lot. I missed your leftovers. Oh, yes. We did eat, didn't we? We did. Because well, we, we lived at work. I think you still do that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I do. <laughs> so um, after leaving the restaurant business, we still wanted to be in the food business. So we started making rub, different rubs and food seasonings in 2005. So we sell them at farmer's markets. Um, they're in some local restaurants, and we have them in retail locations. And we've got a great way for you to get them online. So I wanted to tell you more about our Rick's Rubs. Okay, Rick's Rubs. Tell me about it because, you know, I'm a little um, lacking in the kitchen. So anything that can um, <laughs> help me, I'm all for. So we make four flavors, and these are the only things that I have in my kitchen in my RV. These are the only spices I travel with because that's all we need. It's amazing. Um, so as we, you know, we when we left Atlanta, we lived on the road mm-hmm. for a year, and we cooked over the campfire every day. That was our kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so we developed these food seasonings that you can just take with you to your barbecue at home or camping or in your trailer or in your airplane, or however you're recreating, and you've got sweet and spicy with the original flavor. It's so good on ribs, chicken, uh, salmon. Then you've got a little hotter version of the Chipotle Rick's Rubs, and okay. that's more smoky. Okay. And then we have two rubs. One is the Italian. My son loves it on pizza, noodles. Uh, it's great to season your meatballs. and. It's basically a one-stop shop. You grab it, you put it into your tomatoes, and then you've got tomato sauce. Oh, that's perfect. You don't have to measure. You don't have to get all your stuff out. That's great. Yeah. Okay. How do I get these wonderful things? So Rick has an unusual spelling to his name. It's R-I-K. So Rick with a K. There's no C in it. Okay. Ricksrubs.com. That easy. You can learn all about them. I've got lots and lots of recipes, so if you mm. want to do a little cooking, tutoring, we can do that together on the Rick's Rubs website. Well, I'm going to be ordering some because I'm going to be doing some cooking over the 4th, and I need all the help I can get. So, well, I wanted to offer um, yeah. a three-pack to a lucky winner if you're able to do that. Oh, them. absolutely. Okay, we're going to do caller number three, Rachel. To 404-741-0750. See, nothing changes, Kim. The contact number still... same phone number. I still know it. (laughs) 404-741-0750 is going to win a three-pack of Rick's Rubs. And um, Kim, I will get that information to you, sweetheart, so you can get that out. And I will be visiting the website so I can get the recipe. Wonderful. It's so good to talk to you. You too. Miss you and love you. Mean it. Folks, go to Rick's, Rick Rub, ricksrub.com. Thank you so much.